Hey, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Cedar Valley Church. My name is Grant. My name is Rob. And we're here to get the service started for you. Yeah, we are. If this is your first time here with us, a special welcome to you. We'd love to get to know you better and you can help us do that by giving us a shout at hello at cedarvalley.ca or even just dropping a comment like, yeah, here. Or, or there, that's right, <laughs> wherever it is. Yeah, and one of the best ways to stay informed about all the different things happening uh, coming up for the summer, what our different schedules are gonna like, different service times, devotionals, updates, local stuff, a lot of good things. Make sure you're following us on Instagram, Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, or you can head over to our website, yeah. cedarvalley.ca, and sign up for our weekly email newsletter where we kind of just compile stuff each week and make sure that you've got all the stuff you need to know. Because we are compiling. And if you've been impacted by our online church services, spread the news, hit that share button, hit, 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 and invite your friends and family to join us this morning for church. So a few things coming up that we want you to know about. Tonight, we have a congregational meeting. That's right. Yeah, and that what it really is, is we want to spend some time in prayer and worship, uh, hearing about where, we have, where we're currently at as a church, what's coming up next, what the summer's looking like. Our transition team has a big report for us. That's what a lot of this whole past season has been about. Yeah. Yeah. You're invited then to join us in the discussion uh, online. And there's a Zoom link for that. It's, it's on the website. Yeah, there's a Zoom link on it. And I think we encourage you to join online. Uh, it's gonna be really hot this weekend. The heat wave's coming yeah. up. So this building's gonna be cooking. That's at 7 p.m. tonight. Am I talking about Summer Games yeah, Night? Yeah, tell us about Summer Games Night. Well, I mean, this week we're soft, that's June 30th on the Wednesday night at seven again, we're soft launching Summer Games Night. It's sort of like a drop-in evening just to connect with people uh, at a cafe for mm -hmm. adults, dropping off their children and hanging out or just staying and chatting with others. But there's gonna be basketball and there's gonna be hockey, maybe a like a climbing wall. Yeah, we got a climbing wall. I think there's board games, video games. Board games, video games, crafts. You're not it, getting hot and sweaty during the summer yeah. uh, or if, if sports isn't your thing. But there's all kinds of things to do. It's just a good place to be. It's a good place to be. Yeah, coffee, drinks, snacks. It'll be, it's gonna be a lot of fun. And that's happening Wednesday evenings throughout the summer, seven o'clock to 8.30, just a good weekly evening thing. And uh, we need your help to make this really successful. Yeah, we want this to be a place that you can invite your friends really easily, coworkers, neighbors, classmates, like whatever. Invite someone to come out with you, hang out, get to know each other, give them a chance to know folks in our community too, and really just have a great time together. Yeah, so Cedar Valley, we're gonna get the service started here shortly with a time of worship singing. We'll be led uh, in a couple songs. There's gonna be lyrics on the screen. You can join in however you feel comfortable with that. After that, we've got a special lesson for the kids from Katie. We also try to get some interactive materials to each uh, family uh, for our kids so uh, parents can engage with them uh, in that and, and have conversations about faith together with them. You can email Pastor Doug if you're interested in that. Mm -hmm. And we're back in the Gospel of John this morning. It's actually our last- we're wrapping it week. up. Yeah. yeah, 21 chapters, 21 weeks. Oh, there's a few mm. blocks in the middle of that too. That's what this whole mess is behind us too. Just fun artistic representations of our different mornings throughout the whole totally. thing. A lot of fun and Pastor Doug is bringing us through that message. Yeah. Uh, before we head into all of that though, I've got a special message I wanna share with all of you just to recognize some of our grads. 
Hey everyone, I want to bring to you uh, three individuals from our church who have graduated from different areas of academics over the past uh, however many years they've been pursuing this stuff. Uh, really special moment, and we want to celebrate them as a church, so uh, take a listen to these stories. All right, hey everybody, I'm here with John. Uh, John, you were kind of like my first youth kid way back when, have gone through the whole youth program now. I've seen you through all of high school, and you graduated high school. Where did you go to high school? Um, I went to high school grade eight through till grade 12 at Abbotsford School of Integrated Arts. Um, it's a wonderful place and it's such a good community. And I was very happy to graduate from there. That's a kind of unique experience, unique teaching style. What was your favorite class? Um, probably drama and DMA. Um, I did like PE too. Um, but yeah, both those art classes really um, yeah, they really are like deep interests of mine and yeah. And what's DMA? Uh, digital Media Arts. Oh, sweet. So, okay. Yeah. Well, which actually kind of leads really into what are you hoping to do as your next steps then out of this after high school graduation? What's your next thing? Yeah, um, I'm fully enrolled at UFE for their Bachelor of Media Arts, um, which is really close. And yeah, I'd love to be working on film sets, doing different types of cinematography, script writing, any of those roles I'd be really happy doing. That's awesome. And this summer you're interning with me doing exactly that for sure church am. ministry. Yeah. That's sweet. So we just want to celebrate uh, you as a grad, uh, all of our high school grads who kind of come through this. We like to just celebrate and recognize the achievement you've made and kind of pray for you and bless you as you go off. We have a gift here on behalf of the church. Yeah, Thank you. and that's a few things in there. Uh, as you're going into university, college after this, you're probably going to encounter, if you haven't already, I think, you know, your parents own a coffee shop, a bit of a caffeine habit. So something there to support you for that. Sweet. Um, we got a sticker book of encouragement because teachers in university don't actually throw the stickers on the pages anymore. So they should. Yeah, I know you can hand them out for yourself. Do it myself, yeah. And then a thing in there too that we just, I, I really like to kind of bless the high school students as they kind of go on as a study Bible. And so it's uh, kind of almost like a cheat code book, right? Because this Bible is this book with amazing, great stories, a lot of times without much context of knowing where to go. So it just gives you a really good starting point of how to understand the different passages and context and where to read next and all sorts of, and, and then whenever you're at a Bible study class or if you're uh, at sort of thing, you put your hand up and look real smart and just quote one of the facts down at the bottom. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, simply just stoked to see you take your next steps into this and blessings as you continue on. Thank you. All right, hey everybody, I'm here with Paige. Hi. And Paige, there might be a few people here checking in, watching the service who uh, maybe don't even know you too well, but don't know what you've been doing for the last couple of years and that you've graduated. So what's up, where'd you graduate from? So I graduated from UFB here in the Fraser Valley and I graduated from UFB um, from their graphic and digital design diploma program. Um, I originally was taking the Bachelor of Fine Arts and then I very quickly fell in love with the graphic design program. So I switched and did a two-year program in three years. What was your favorite course? Oh, I, I don't know which one was my favorite. I had a portfolio class um, and that essentially was just taught us how to build a super strong portfolio with work we'd already had and then also how to think of a portfolio when you're working on a project and how you could include it in a portfolio and what it would look like. Um, that was a pretty fun class and I also, I had a class, I didn't necessarily enjoy the class that much, but I actually enjoyed the topic a lot and I took a class all about the history of posters. So I got <laughs> cool. to learn like when the, how the first posters were created, what they were for and 
how posters have evolved. <laughs> right on. What uh, then with that, what are you hoping to do next? Um, well, I'm currently working in my field, which kind of happened by accident. So I'm super thankful for that. Um, so I'm hoping to keep working where I'm at for a couple more years. And then I'd like to be looking towards maybe more creative outlets, um, potentially in Vancouver or in the Fraser Valley. Um, yeah, somewhere where I can really flex my creative muscles as well as my technological muscles. Awesome. So thanks for sharing with us. That's really cool. We really just want to celebrate the achievement you've made, just the graduation that you're kind of taking next steps professionally. So a uh, gift from the church to celebrate Thank that. You. And there you'll find, uh, it's funny, this gift actually works for all the different levels because we have uh, post-grad, <laughs> master's graduate, uh, diploma graduate in high school. There's a uh, card to help you with your coffee habits that you may have developed from that or you had to continue on. Uh, because I know you've recently moved out too, so there's some food help in yeah. there. And uh, simply, you know, there's some stickers that was a fun joke kind of back for high school grads because you don't get the stickers anymore, but now you're doing job applications and resumes and so maybe some of them don't come back positively and you just kind of give yourself that boost. So thanks so much, Paige. We're Thank praying you. for you and we're celebrating you. Thanks. Uh, hey everyone, I'm here with Teresa, and uh, for many of you might not know, Teresa, you've graduated recently. You want to let us know what you graduated from? Uh, yes, I took the Master's in Teaching ESL um, with UBC. Wow, that, that's awesome. How long did that take? It took two and a half years because it was part-time studies, and um, it, I just finished in April, so that was it. That's super cool. Well, what was one of your favorite things that you learned or one of your favorite kind of classes or subjects? Yeah, I didn't have uh, a favorite class because all the professors um, taught wonderful subjects and they were really interesting subjects. Um, what I what I really enjoyed about the program was something that I didn't expect. Uh, this program was an online course, so we didn't meet with our classmates. There were no mandatory online classes, no Zoom meetings, except for a couple that were just sort of optional meetings with the professor and some classmates. Um, but, but there was a lot of camaraderie uh, among the colleagues and it was just really exciting to, to work with people who were like-minded, who were just as passionate about teaching students and teaching language to students. And, and it, was, it was really, um, it, it was so engaging to, to learn from a, a community of learners. That's really cool. And what are you hoping to kind of directly take from this to apply to your work or your kind of career passion? What are you hoping to do with this? Yeah, I'm currently uh, the ELO teacher at my high school um, and uh, I worked on a lot of uh, projects on digital technology and how students can use technology to help them gain uh, language proficiency um, and, and also just looking at identity. A lot of uh, new immigrants or international students who come to our country to learn, they're excited to be here and they realize that they um, after a certain point that they're really proud of their heritage, they're, they're really enjoying the Canadian culture here and they're just trying to figure out who they are uh, in this society. And so I'm excited to be using what I know to help them on that journey. Then that's, thanks for sharing, that's really cool. And uh, we just want to celebrate the amazing achievement you've done here. Uh, it's really cool the way you're going to be able to continue going on. And so here's just a gift on behalf of the church I get to present you with. I'm really excited. Thank you. So, and, and you don't even have to go through it right now, but just, you know, a couple of things that either if you've got a caffeine habit or if you want to develop that, you can go that way too. <laughs> uh, keep going with your kind of passion for English, for teaching, stuff like that. And yeah, we're just really excited to see what it's next for you. I mean, you're 
pursuing this really well. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, yeah. Cedar Valley, and thank you, Pastor Greg. So everyone, if you get a chance, reach out to Paige, John, Teresa, and just acknowledge their achievements they've made here. Encourage them, give them a prayer of blessing, reach out however you can. And just as a church too, we want to come together this morning, pray for them, celebrate uh, the next steps that they're going to be going on in the professional journeys, uh, academic and school journeys here. So join me in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this morning, God. Just thank you for blessing us again with the way to connect online, in person, whatever it is, if we're doing small groups, whatever we're doing this morning, God, we just thank you for the way that you are not confined to a building or a style or a thing or a tradition, God. You are just above it all. And uh, we're constantly amazed by you. We're amazed by you even in crazy heat waves. But I pray that you protect uh, people who might be uh, in health exposures to the negative effects of that. Uh, but this morning, especially God, I just want to focus on uh, John, Paige, and Teresa uh, graduating and from different things, from high school, from university, from post-grad. And uh, yeah, amazing accomplishments, God, as they go into their next steps professionally, academically, that you keep working in them in amazing ways that you guide them clearly with, not that it's just necessarily like, here's exactly where you're going, but maybe God, if you have a plan, uh, let it be clear for them, that give them a really confident sense that they are following you, that they're living out their place in your kingdom. And uh, yeah, that they just see the fruits of their labors uh, be blessed by by you, God, really. And uh, again, just thank you for their drive and passion to live out uh, your faith, your love, uh, in their worlds, in their fields that they're at. So God, just bless this morning. Uh, the offering that's been given freely, I pray that you just multiply it and continue the work that Cedar Valley is doing here in Mission, your kingdom work, and that your name is just glorified more and more each day. We pray all these things in your name. Amen.
There's a grace when the heart is under fire Another way when the walls are closing in When I look at the space between where I used to be and this reckoning I know I will never be alone There is another ring of fire Standing next to me There is another ring of waters Holding back the sea And should I ever need reminded Of how I've been set free There is a cross that bears the burden There's another 
Good morning, everybody, and welcome here. If this is your first time visiting us, a special welcome to you. Um, I've got my little guy, Caleb, with me today, and I'm Kate. And we're hanging out by the campfire, made by Jen, right? Are you pretty happy to be here, Caleb? We're sporting our cool icing hair today. And we're talking about Jesus in the, in the chapter 21 of John, right? And I'm going to have some questions for you, Caleb, so you've got to listen really careful, okay? So I have a question for you, Caleb. When you need to learn something really important, do you find that it helps if somebody is yelling at you and you feel really nervous? Do you feel like peaceful and like you're ready to learn when somebody's yelling at you? No. What if somebody like snuggles up with you by a fire and tells you something? Do you feel calm and ready to listen? Yeah. Yeah. How about our friends over there? Oh, you gotta listen though, right? Yeah. How about our friends over there? Do you guys feel calm when you're able to sit and somebody's talking to you nicely? Or do you listen better if somebody's yelling at you? You can answer that question and somebody will, will respond to that for you. But I know for me, I, I always feel like I listen better and I learn better when my body is calm and I'm relaxed and I'm able to just kind of be comfortable. And I think that Jesus was really focused on that, on the relationship part, right? Like when we treat somebody nice, they care about what we have to say. And when somebody really shows that they care about us, then it's easier, easier for us to learn from them. And so I want you guys to just find kind of a comfortable, calm space. Maybe you're on your living room floor or you're sitting on the couch. Um, and if you can grab a pen and paper, that would be super cool too. Um, but if you don't have one of those handy, that's totally okay. And I'm going to read to you part of John chapter 21. And I just want you guys to kind of think about just kind of picture yourself in a comfortable space and just totally relax. Can you totally relax, Caleb? I don't know if you can. You have so much icing in your hair, it's running into your brain. Yeah. Um, but if you can totally relax and just try to learn what Jesus is teaching us, and then we'll go from there, okay? All right, deep breath. Can you take a deep breath? All right, you just go ahead and relax. So just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore, and the disciples didn't know that it was Jesus. He said to them, children, have you caught any fish? And they answered him and said, no. So he told them to throw the net onto the other side of the boat, and he told them that they would catch them. So they cast it on the other side, and they weren't even able to pull the net in because there was so much fish. The disciples that Jesus loved said, it's the Lord. And Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord. He put on his garments because he, was, he had taken them off for work and he threw himself into the sea. So it says that the disciples all made their way back to Jesus. And Jesus was on the shore and it says that he had made a fire and he was cooking some fish and some bread. And so he tried to make it like a really comfortable, relaxing space for them. And they were so amazed and excited that it was him. And Jesus was really focused on spending time with them. And so when they came back, after they had finished breakfast, so they were, their tummies were full, they were feeling comfortable, they were feeling cared about. And then Jesus started to talk to them. And he said, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than everyone else? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, 
then feed my lambs. And he said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, then care for my sheep. He said to him even a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was so sad because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him again, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I tell you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and care for you. And you will have to go where they want you to go. And he said to this to show them uh, the kind of death that was to glorify God. And he said this saying to them, you must follow me. So Jesus, before he tells us something important, he tries to make sure that we're in a space where we're ready to learn and to understand. And so Jesus really showed care for the disciples when he made them comfortable, he made them a fire, he fed them. And then he started to talk to them about what they really needed to know. And so when Jesus comes into our life each day, we want to welcome him and make sure that we're ready to listen to what he has to tell us. So I just want to encourage each of you kids, sometimes our lives are crazy. And this summer coming up, maybe some of you guys have plans that are really crazy and really wild. We are looking forward to some pretty fun stuff. Hey, Caleb, what are you looking forward to? Going to Theo's. Going to Theo's house, of course. Absolutely. And Grandma um, and Papa's. And Grandma and Papa's. Yeah, so there's always lots of fun and crazy things, but take time and remember to just have peace and quiet and really listen to what it is that Jesus wants to tell you because there's always awesome and amazing things and he wants us to care for each other, right? So have an amazing summer. Enjoy relaxing and listening to what Jesus has to teach you and we'll talk to you next time. Hey Cedar Valley, it's great to be with you again today. And if you are watching this Sunday morning, I hope you found a place that at least is not too hot, maybe even cool in the middle of our heat wave. But grab your Bible, turn to the book of John, chapter 20, verse 30. It's the last verse of the chapter that we looked at last week. Check this out. John chapter 20, verse 30. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, but these are all written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. You know, that's like a conclusion to the book right there. All that we've heard so far and learned and been taught, um, that's it. Um, John has just wrapped it all up. John could have ended the book quite nicely with chapter 20, and it almost appears that he did. But there's one more chapter. There's chapter 21. And it's almost like John 
prompted by the Holy Spirit, said, hey, hang on, there's one more thing. I've got to tell you this story. Actually, it's a fish story. Now, there's a number of fish stories in the Bible, and this is a good one. You know, fish stories, they're great to listen to, sometimes hard to believe, always very interesting. Well, years ago when we had the youth out in Saskatchewan, we took them down on a trip to the States. We were in Oregon at Mount Noma Falls. Beautiful. We hiked all the way to the top of the falls and it was a hot day and we were kind of laying beside the creek that just entered into the fall. And one of the guys, Mike, one of the youth kids, um, we were looking at um, the trout swimming around in a little bit of a pool on the edge of the creek. And he says, I've been told that you can catch a fish with your hand. And of course, he was mocked and we laughed at him. He goes, no, no, no. He goes, all you need to do is lay beside the stream, put your arm and your hand down into the creek. And of course, the fish will scatter away. But after they get used to it, they will come right up to your hand and, and check it out. So he said, give it a try. So he laid down there and he, he's laying in, in the water and it's a hot day, but the water's cold and he pretty much lost all of the feeling from his elbow down, completely numb from the cold water. And yet sure enough, the fish, they start returning and they're slowly coming right up and just kind of looks like they're sniffing or nibbling on the end of his fingertips. And after a while, there's this huge splash of water and this kind of excited yell and his arm comes up out of the water and in it is a trout. And he was so excited, he squeezed it a little too hard and it popped out of his hand and back into the stream and it, it swam away. And then a friend of mine, Gary, he said one time he was fishing out in the ocean and he launched, latched into a great size salmon and he's reeling it in. All of a sudden he noticed there's something else in the water right about where the fish he's trying to bring in and it's a large seal. And now he's not only trying to fight the salmon to get it in, but he's trying to fight off this seal to keep him away from his salmon. Well, it didn't work so well by the time he got the salmon, which he said was huge, into the boat. The only thing left on the end of the hook was the head of the salmon. The rest was gone. Tasty meal for a seal. And then just last year, we're taking a vacation up in Vernon and we're laying in our little floaty armchairs out in the water at Cal Lake. And Jenny and I are not too far away and she has Ellie with her. And I see this eagle, this large bald eagle circling above us. And then it, and then it goes into this dive position and it, and it folds its wings together and it just drops straight out of the sky. And then it holds up a little bit just above the water, about 10 feet above the water. And then it's coming along the water and it looks like it's going straight for Jen's head. Talons out, legs stretch forward, and its wings holding itself back. And, and I'm just about to yell at Jen to watch out because it's coming from the side of her. And it just clears her head, what looked like possibly just inches, and just a few feet behind her in the water, it breaks the stillness of the water, and its talons go in, and a moment later, it comes back up holding a huge trout and it flies off. There's some great fish stories. I'm sure you've heard some and maybe even have some to tell yourself. You know, fishing can be a great way just to get away, to relax, to refresh, to refocus. 
especially after it's a, a bad day, a, a tough week, or maybe even a challenging season in your life. You know, the calm, the quiet, the fresh air, maybe alone or with a few of your close friends, even if you don't catch anything, it's good to be out in or on the water. Some might even say a bad day fishing is better than a good day at work. See, the disciples, they can relate to having a bad day, actually a chaotic, overwhelming week. And if you've ever had one of those, they can relate. For the friends of Jesus, they had just been on an, a, a roller coaster of emotion, all within the span of a week. Now, consider the triumphal entry of Jesus as king into the city of Jerusalem. People shouting and waving and parties and clothes on the street to make a carpet for him. But then shortly after that, he goes into the temple and he literally roughs up the religious leaders, chastising them for their attitudes and their actions. He's got a full schedule of meetings in the temple, teaching and, and preaching. And then this plot to kill Jesus develops and plans are put in place. Then there's the calm and, and the great time in the upper room what we know is the Last Supper together. But then in the midst of that, one of them discovers that, or all of them discover that there's a betrayer in their midst, someone who will betray Jesus, which leads to his arrest, his trial, his torture, and his execution. And a short time of span, just over the weekend, he goes from being on the cross to in the grave to now an empty tomb. He's risen from the dead. And then there's two surprise appearances as they're huddling fearful in a locked room. And then Jesus is gone. See, all of this has taken place in Jerusalem. And he tells them, I'll meet you down in Galilee. So in John chapter 21, verse 1, after Jesus appeared again to the disciples by the Sea of Galilee, it happened this way. So the guys head down to Galilee, and they're waiting, and they're waiting. And so Peter and James and John and a few others, seven of them actually, they go fishing. You know, it's just been too much this past week, too much even to comprehend what has happened. And Peter says, I'm going fishing, who's coming with me? And we discover fairly quickly here, verse three, I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, we'll go with you. So when they all got out, got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Now, fishing was their profession. They just weren't out there for fun, and yet skunked again. But consider this. This could be 
the same beach, the same spot where they met Jesus for the first time. It had only been three years ago, but it seems like a lifetime. So much has happened. And yet here they are again on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, fishing. Where and how did you meet Jesus for the first time? You know, for most people, it's a memorable event. Something, even if you're young, stays with you. But these disciples weren't really fishing for fun. It, it may have been just to get away to clear their minds. But we also know that this is how they made their living. And you know what? Because they were professionals, they were pretty good at it. Well, usually they were. But not tonight. Actually, not all night long. And now it's morning. And in verse 4, we read, Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. You know, I'm not sure what we think the presence of Jesus should look like in our lives. You know, I suppose he could have showed up here on the edge of the beach and just dis fully displayed in all of his radiant glory. And maybe there'd be a whirlwind of sand spinning around him. Or maybe he would suddenly appear in the boat, announcing his arrival with a clap of thunder. And it is I, the Lord, he would declare. But based on how much fear his friends felt and how much they freaked out the last two times he appeared to them, they probably just would have fallen overboard anyways. So Jesus stands quietly on the beach. He's just there, comforting, reassuring, helpful. But yet again, we'll find that his presence changes everything. Notice also that Jesus met them where they were. He didn't send them a note saying, come meet me at the temple. This is important stuff. We need to be in church. We need to line up in rows and, and listen well. He met them exactly where they were, right when they needed him to be there. And his kind of calm and relaxed manner, just kind of hanging out, an observer almost, he calls out, friends, haven't you any fish? You know, pretty much the standard greeting that anybody gives when they see somebody on the shore fishing. Have you caught anything yet? What have you got in your net, in your basket? The answer is no. So he said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. You know, it's interesting. This is the second time he's instructed them. Three years ago when they met first, they weren't having any luck. And he says, uh, just try doing it this way. And without even knowing who he was or he knew anything about fishing, they did it. 
with great results. And here again, it says they don't recognize who's on the shore. And he says, throw your net on the right side of the boat. <laughs> and they listen and they try it. And they discover that was a good decision. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. The presence of Jesus changes everything. Verse 7. And then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It's the Lord. They remembered probably the first time they met him. Right, he's done it again. The other side of the boat, put it in this part of the water. Fish, it's got to be Jesus. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, jumped into the water, and he took off for Jesus. Peter couldn't wait to get close to God. You know, remember, it wasn't that long ago in Peter's life, just a few days really, that he had denied Jesus three times. And even if his failures were still fresh in his mind, he still wanted to be near Jesus. See, even when we fail, there's no reason to run from God. He is there waiting. Now just imagine, just imagine sitting around a fire with some of your friends. Maybe it's in the evening or maybe it's in the morning, you're camping together. And there's just something about what happens around the fire. Your inhibitions are dropped, it's not too formal, you're just hanging out. You're telling stories, you're laughing, and maybe sometimes serious as you, you share parts of your life with one another. But how good it is just to connect around a fire. How, how casual, how comfortable. Well, speaking of fires, check out verse 9. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals, and there was fish on it, and some bread. Jesus was there, and he had prepared it for them. And Jesus says, come join me in my presence. Let's spend some time together. Come join me so then you can take my presence with you as you go to others where they are. And so the boat still hasn't made it into shore and it's, the net is full. They need some help. So Peter heads back out and he, he brings in the rest of the fish. And we find in verse 11, Peter helps bring the fish in, and he goes, wow, that's a lot of fish. And maybe he goes to John, John, how many do you think are in there anyways? And maybe Peter goes, ah, I bet you there's, I bet you there's 140 at least. What do you think? Let's count them. And then maybe Jesus from over at the fire says, don't bother counting them, 153. 
That would be just like Jesus. Why bother telling us there's 153 fish? You know, scholars throughout the centuries have debated this one. Years ago, Jerome, who was a New Testament scholar, shortly after the time of Jesus, he figured that they knew there were about 153 species of fish in the sea. And he thought, well, that probably represented all the nations of the world. And then others have said, well, it has to do with numbers. And you add them up and different things significant in the Bible and, and you put them together and you come up with 153. Well, you know what? I don't read too much into that personally. But maybe John was just being specific and accurate saying it wasn't just a bunch of fish. It was 153 fish that Jesus provided. And then after their great time together and, you know, they, they've had a nice time eating and talking and laughing and, and hearing more about what's happened to Jesus in these, this last week. And then now Peter's prepared to hear what Jesus really wants to say as it is after you've been together for a while. And we find in verses 15 through to 17, they have this discussion, Jesus and Peter. You know, Jesus could have said, remember in the room before I was arrested and I said, you would deny me. And he said, no way, I would never do that. Even if all these guys leave you, I'll never leave you. And then not long after, three times around the fire, you denied me. Jesus could have said, I told you so. But he didn't. And with us, he doesn't. He doesn't bring up our failures, our mistakes. But he does ask us to make a decision for him and to be faithful. And so they go back and forth. Do you love me? Yes, I love you. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Peter, do you really love me? And he says, yes, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And each time Jesus says, well, if you say that you love me, then I would like your life to show that you love me. There's things you can do that show that you love me the way you serve me and those around you. And then, right at the end of verse 19, Jesus says, Follow me. Which is interesting, because isn't this what the disciples have been doing the last three years following Jesus? They've gone where he's gone, done what he's done, hung out with him, seen incredible miracles, seen him challenge the religious leaders, seen him just give himself in love. That's what they've been doing for three years. And then he says, follow me. See, they were following him, but they didn't really know 
what it meant. It was right from that spot, likely they started following him, maybe that same beach. But really, they were just hanging around, going where he went. It wasn't until right now, seeing and believing in the resurrected Jesus, did they really start to follow Jesus by how they lived their lives. And then we have a really interesting thing that Peter says, verse 20. Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This is the one who leaned back against Jesus at supper and said, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? <laughs> you know, it's the old redirect. Okay, uh, enough of talking about me and what you want me to do. Um, what about him? Or her, depending on who you're deflecting to. See, when we get all worked up and when our concern is about what God is asking others to do, we miss out on what he has for us. See, we're not called in our concern to be concerned about God's call on other people's lives. Really, he wants us to focus on what he's calling us to do. See, even in our relationships with other people, specifically with your spouse, it is not your job in a relationship to change the other person. See, it's not my job to try to change Jenny into the spouse that I would like. Although <laughs> she really doesn't need much changing. See, and I can't actually. See, it's beyond my ability, but my job is to take care of what needs to be changed in my life. It's my job to be the very best husband that I can be by being faithful, loving, respectful to her. And you know what Jesus says? Quite simply, Peter, it's none of your business. Our opinions on God's will for others' lives, they're just not needed. Matter of fact, if we allow ourselves to compare ourselves to others, there is no joy in comparison. Comparison will kill you, will kill your spirit. Now, God wants us to respond to him and his call for our lives and walk together with those others to encourage them and at times challenge them. But leave the changing between God and them. And let's focus on ourselves. And then right at the end of John chapter 21, the end of his words to us, verse 25, Jesus did many other things as well. If any one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. What we have in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, is just some highlights that four men were inspired to write about what impressed them about Jesus and what God, through the Spirit, wanted us to receive. Remember, everything, if it would have been written, 
I'm not even all of the libraries could have been filled, could have contained all of that would have been written about Jesus' life. This is what he has chosen us to have. You know, and there's also endless books on the subject of Jesus and how to live. Uh, some of them are really good and some of them not so good. But I do want to share a book with you, and I don't do this often, but I found one the other day that I would really like you to consider. It's by John Eldridge. He's written a number of good books, and this one is called The Beautiful Outlaw. Now, it's interesting how I got this book. Just a week ago, Jenny and I were on a bit of vacation a few days away, and we were in Vernon up on the hillside at Silver Star, and there's a ministry retreat center up there called Fairhaven. They rent cottages to people in ministry. And um, in every cottage, they have this small library, a few shelves of books. And, and I had already finished the book I had brought up. I usually bring a fiction book to read while we're at the beach or, or up on the mountain relaxing. But I still had a day to go. And my mind started to move into this message, John chapter 21. And I was looking through all of these books, a couple shelves of them. I didn't know what one to pick for my last day to read. I wanted something a little bit more inspirational. And yet I was thinking, God, it'd really be good if I had something just to kind of help me in my focus for my message. John chapter 21. I pulled this book out of the bookshelf. Chapter 1. First of all, I'll read you the title. The Playfulness of God and the Poison of Religion. Based on John chapter 21. And I think God wanted me to have this book this week. And it's a book that I would really like you to have as well. Now, you could probably order on eBay or call House of James and support our local bookstore and order it through, through, uh, through Lando there. But this book will challenge your view, the way you think of Jesus. But I guarantee it will help you see the real Jesus. See, we've seen throughout the book of John how deeply Jesus cares for us, regardless of what you have or what you haven't done. But he also calls you to live beyond your means, beyond your ability, to live in such a way that is only possible through him. The book of John is a book about life, new life, life lived through Jesus that is nothing like you thought it would be. Life in Jesus, the only way really to live life. You know, you may be familiar with the try harder, fail again, feel worse model of living. And from experience, I can tell you that's, that's not a fun way to live. So how do we live? It starts by saying, Jesus, today, I give my life to you to live your life. And then allowing Jesus to be present moment by moment in our life. 
which means that we have to consciously say no to, to other things in our life that would get in the way of fully following Jesus. But as we follow Jesus, like he called upon the disciples to do, and he is calling upon us to do, it is a life that we cannot even imagine. It is a life of joy, of glory, of purpose. But it's a life of challenge. It's a life of, of giving up what we don't need, but maybe what we want. But it's a life of Jesus living through us, through the power of the Spirit. Let us pray. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for John and, and how he recorded the, the incredible story of the life of Jesus from his perspective. God, this book of life through Jesus. May we say yes to following you, saying no to things that would keep us from following you, God, and be able to live that life that you have given us to live through Jesus Christ. We thank you for your love and your care. And God, how you meet us right where we are. And you take us right to where we need to be. God, together as we walk, um, may you be revealed in us. And God, for those of who are still just considering what it means to to walk with Jesus, to follow Jesus, to have Jesus live amongst their lives. God, may we together um, discover and share and help and encourage and maybe challenge one another as we move forward in walking with you, following you, live, allowing you to live within us. God, be present in our lives. God, may we, may we be aware that you are present here, wherever we are, just like around the fire. You meet us where we are, out on that boat. God, right here today, um, as we gather. Continue with us, we pray, we pray thank you for your love and your glory. Amen. If you hang around just a moment, we've just got one or two things for you to consider about uh, following Jesus and uh, living life through him. And uh, it'll be time, yeah, we'll have to look at the camera. Right, we're looking at the camera, <laughs> yeah. not at the screen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> good references. But, yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Okay. All right, thank you everyone for joining in. Uh, wrapping up the Gospel of John, our yeah. one and only series. Super fun uh, exploring no doubt. this Boy, the whole way. There is so much in there, yeah. isn't there? Yeah. And, and thanks for yeah. sharing that story too. Of like, It's amazing seeing the different ways God meets us through, through a book on a bookshelf, yeah. through, you know, often I think we think right. there's these big manifestations uh, of, yeah. of fire and noise and the voice. Right. So sometimes it's yeah. a book that just guides you into a message that hopefully has blessed people That's here right. this morning. That's right, it just comes to life, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you have some questions for us to just take this message and wrestle with it. You know, it. I do. And it's kind of based on the, what the disciples, the friends of Jesus went through. They met Jesus. They followed him for three years. But it wasn't until like at the end of that time, they really felt, okay, they got a sense that, that what does it mean to follow him? Not mm. just hang around yeah. him, not just to hang around church, yeah, yeah. but really to live out Jesus. So that's really the question. Um, when did we, when did you, all of us, um, if you wanna share together when and kind of how 
did you reach that point where you said, yes, um, I really want to follow Jesus with mm. my life? Mm. Yeah. 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 That, yeah, I, that's, I like that model of two with the disciples because they were, they were following Jesus, but it, there's so many different levels and stages. And I can relate yeah. to that too, because yeah. I know when I was really young, I was at a Easter play at a church, they put it on. <laughs> it was very stimulating, very terrifying. They, I think they, there was, it was like, there's like the cross and the hammer and the nails. I was like five years old and there was yeah. like screaming and it freaked me out. And then my mom explained what was actually going on, but made it a bit more tame for me. And I thought, what an amazing sacrifice. So I kind of made a decision or a prayer at that yeah. point. But then mm -hmm. when I was like 10 at camp, I kind of understood it a bit more deeper. Uh, yeah. Later on in my teen years, uh, understood kind of what really falling is. I decided yeah. to get baptized. And even through my college years, I realized like, oh, here's the next level. So it kind of keeps elevating and elevating yeah. different levels yeah. of stories. And yeah, I, and I think every time I think I've got it, what it means to follow Jesus, if I become complacent, I suddenly realize that it'll take a little while, a bit later on another season of life, like, wow, okay, I actually have to give more over to him and I want to right. follow him more. Yeah. And you know, that's, that's actually a, a common story if yeah. you've hung out in the church for a while, isn't yeah. it? You know, that, yeah. that we hear. And I know for myself, I was, I was a younger guy and it was not in this building, but in the old one across the <laughs> courtyard there. Uh, pastor at that time, yeah, boy, he preached a powerful sermon. I remember it was on an evening service. We used to have those back oh, then. Oh, yeah. The decision was made, and, which was cool. But it wasn't until a little bit later on, actually towards the end of my teen years, that um, the, the lifestyle of someone really kind of caught my attention hmm. and kind of brought, yeah, I really need to be living for Jesus. Not hmm. just saying that, um, I know, not just hanging out around him. Sure. And, and that, that someone was Jenny. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, oh, there to, you go. Wow. To our relationship. Way back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. It was That's pretty great. awesome. Yeah. So Doug, it occurs to me that there might be a few people too who are joining in who might not even have the story of that time that they made that kind of decision. And I mean, even we just talked about it a bit, it's not even like a, a one time and done sort of thing, but it does take an initial start, right? To make that relationship commitment to Jesus. That's right. And we wanna make sure if you're watching the live stream here now and you're wondering, well, what about me? How do I fit in? How does Jesus look at me? Well, we wanna invite you um, really to give your life to Jesus. Yeah, and, and, and make that actual start of that process, that journey. Like, and I right. really like that thing. It's not a decision for it. It's like, it's making a start of a relationship. That's and opening right. Up. Yeah. Would you be willing to lead us through a prayer if anybody out there is at that point in their life, uh, would you be willing to lead a prayer through um, for us? I, I would love to do that. that. And you know, if you're thinking that, well, am I good enough for Jesus, for God, I've done things, or I'm just not sure, that I understand everything there is about God. Well, you know what? We don't understand everything there no, is about so God. But like Grant said, this is the beginning of a journey and we want to partner with you in that. So why don't I take the opportunity just to lead us in a little prayer and you can follow along um, in your heart, in your mind. You can see, even say this out loud. Yeah. So let's pray. God, we believe in your son, Jesus Christ, that he came to earth um, that he lived, he died for our wrongdoing, we call that sin, and he rose again victoriously, um, removing that wrong and that guilt from us. God, we release that to Jesus Christ. We give ourselves and that sin to you. We accept the gift of forgiveness. And God, in this moment, we give ourselves to live according to your word. Um, 
and that the power of your spirit would dwell within us. And God, this new journey that we're following along with you would transform us. And, um, God, thank you that you have considered us. Thank you for creating us. God, thank you for giving your son, Jesus Christ, to us. In this moment, we give our life to you. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Amen. Doug. And I, you know, I want to throw it there, anybody who's out there, if this is the first time you've made that prayer, that decision, or if you've kind of even recommitted your life into a meaningful relationship with Jesus, let us know that, please. It would be fantastic. You can reach out to us. That's hello at cedarvalley.ca by email. If you're confident enough or comfortable, yeah. throw in a comment. We'd love yeah. to celebrate that with you. We'd love to get in touch with you, one of the pastors here, and uh, just see what next steps we can do with you on that. All right. We'd love to hear from you. See you soon. See you next week.